Hello, everyone. This is the Dawn of X Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest issues of X-Men. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by... Josh. <laughs> I feel like we're just being real straight. Like we're taking very seriously. No time for no time for jokes today, man. We got to get straight into talking about these outfits. <laughs> no time for talking about a half an hour worth of talking about Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> yes, if I would have hit record, we would have had some choice bonus content for uh, any Star Trek fans out there. <laughs> Josh, how you doing today, butter? Uh, you did butter? you just call me butter? Called you butter. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. It's fine. I'll, yeah, I'll do it, dude. I'll take it. Um, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Living the living the dream. You yeah. know. How you doing, man? How you holding up? Good, good. I, I this week I did a random uh, marathon as me and my girlfriend tend to do. We do like all the we did all the Friday Thirteenth movies. We did all the Freddy movies. We did all the Predator and Alien movies. Nice. So nice. this week we decided to watch all the Scream movies. How do they hold up, man? Actually, that- really good. I I enjoyed all of them. Like they're not all good, good, but like mm. they're all solid. Cool. When you look I, at it from the lens of like it's a commentary on horror movies, and yes. each one's a different kind of commentary. Yes, they're all good. I think personally, I stopped watching them after the second one. I think so. I have no clue. The third one's probably the worst, but the fourth one, when you find who the killer is, I was legit surprised. Like, the hints are there, but I didn't see it. Which made me go into a whole deep dive of all the movies, and, like, if you watch the first movie, you can find out who the killer is before the end. Because First, you know, there's two killers because of the way they both hold their knives. is totally different. Yes. And Wes Craven puts in audio of the actual actors during the fight scenes. Oh. And there's a scene where um, the taller killer, Billy, I think. No, not Billy. The other one is not Billy. The one, the uh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Litter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a scene where he's chasing Sydney, and he grunts and says, "Take it easy, take it easy," but really low. And then next scene at school, he says it loudly, and he's checking his forehead in like the in the classroom. And I'm like, holy shit! I never noticed that. I'm like, what? 20 years of this movie being existence and watching yeah but i don't i honestly i think i might have only seen them when they came out too you know what i mean i don't know if i've rewatched them they're all on uh well the first three are on hbo max true which is what kicked off the uh oh yeah you know i i do have an update too man since we're talking since you're talking about your binge um i decided it's 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 comic book adjacent here or not or it's x-men adjacent it's dc i decided speaking of hbo max to give these fucking movies another chance okay sir stop talking right now (laughs) because my week has been set up just to watch a snyder cut if you guys don't know i do love the snyder movies i rewatched man of steel over the weekend i still i did too i did too i think it's a great movie um and i'm rewatching bvs right now me too i i have issues with it i don't think it's a perfect movie but i find it more compelling than honestly at least half of the marvel movies and i enjoy a lot of it and i have been praying for the snyder cut for years and now it's happening and i took tomorrow off even though i got called back into work but i originally took tomorrow off just to spend four hours with my girl and my other friend to watch the snyder cut continue go ahead okay so um like nick which is really weird because we did not speak i I don't think we spoke at all this weekend not really Um, no i also watched man of steel this weekend that's such funny, yeah. <laughs> and then I start, and I am in the middle of watching BVS, the Ultimate Edition, yes. for the first time ever. Oh, I, I've wow. never seen okay. the Ultimate one. Good, because you know before what? Thing. Sorry, there's a lot more important things. I just when I first saw BVS, I did not like it that much. In I hated it. And then I bought the Ultimate Edition. And I was like, holy shit! Um, Clark has more motivation when he's investigating yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor's plan makes a lot more sense is it still convoluted yes but it actually makes sense like little things they took out now i'm like why would they take that out mm-hmm. so i Be- do think because it's, it's really fucking long. too long it's three hours long. <laughs> um if it takes you three hours to tell a fucking batman versus superman story you need to fucking get over yourself jesus fucking <laughs> christ um so yeah i'm in the middle of watching that fucking piece of shit movie um <laughs> i still don't like it i'm gonna be honest with you i still don't like it it's still been a, a struggle watching it um and i really think it's because i fucking hate jesse eisenberg to begin with and i 
fucking hate him as Lex Luthor. He is definitely my least favorite aspect of the story for sure. But did I, you like I, Man of Steel? So I do. I like Man of Steel. I think I'm sitting on a remote control. Um, I like Man of Steel. The it, it's a it's a good movie. It's a good Superman movie. I don't. And I know you motherfucking Snyder fans are going to tell me that's the point. Mm. But I, I think the level of destruction is comical. And, and like, it really takes me out of the movie. Like, the amount of times they just bounce off fucking walls and, like, things just crumble because, like, a car hits something and the whole thing catches on fire. Like, it is comically destructive to me. To a degree, I agree. I think when I look at Snyder fight scenes, especially in the superhero world, he views his characters as gods. Yes. And when you imagine two gods fighting, everything would be destroyed. I and I and I that's get that. Justice. And I and I and I know that's the argument. I just don't believe the intent was really to be like these are gods or this is a commentary on 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 the over violence in in the world or whatever i think it's just i want to see shit blow up and i think it's fun i don't think it's commentary on over over violence but i do think it's commentary on being like god level like everything i heard about the snyder cut so far Mm -hmm. has been like they're viewed as gods and this well yes because event like in Yes, in in the Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition, they talk about fucking gods a lot in this one too. Oh, so it's, it's definitely, definitely Jesus. Like Superman is Jesus. They yeah. they literally put him in positions where he looks like Jesus. A lot. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. So that 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 this was not meant to go this long. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> I love talking about the Snyder Cut stuff. I love all these movies. I really do. Like they've really grown on me over the years. Like I didn't love Batman versus Superman even when I saw the Ultimate Edition. I thought, oh, that's much better. But for some reason, I always found myself going back to it compared three to the, I, hours. You found yourself going back to a three hour movie. You know what it's like, and even though they're not on the same level. I love Goodfellas, right? If I'm on, if I'm going through my channels, I see Goodfellas is on. I end up stopping and just watching whatever it's on. Like okay. I just end up watching it. And the same thing happened with that movie Superman, where if it's on something about it pulls me in and I just watch the whole thing again. I mean, like, that's, that's OK. I get that. But, like it's weird but like compared to and remember i love marvel i'm starting up my own channel about marvel mcu stuff but there's so many mc movies that i have not gone back to watching i just was fine like i saw it and i forgot about it or yeah and that's it something about the snyder movies to me feel epic same goes for the first wonder woman i think that's a great movie that's kind of in this realm because he he was the co-writer of the movie like he still thinks up with his his uh trilogy that, like, that first Wonder Woman movie is good. That is my favorite DC movie. Um, it, they have a different gravitas to it. And like I feel like he intentionally makes these characters as God-level characters of like, hey, here's Aquaman, King of the Sea, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to yeah. make you feel like these are gods. Compared to the Avengers, where it's people. And guys, I just, and I'll talk about this when we get to our X-Men uh, review. Which will, I don't know when that will be at this point, listeners. I don't know when it will be because I also need to talk about something else. Yeah. But like, I don't want every movie to be like Marvel where everyone's quipping. That gets old. I, and, and you know damn well I don't want that either. I, yeah. I don't have an issue with how dark the movies are or, yeah. or, like, or how humorless they are. I don't give a fuck. I just like, I think it's too much. <laughs> like, I can see that. No, I can totally see that. Actually, you know what? There's one little scene I, I thought the same thing you're talking about. There's a great scene where Superman learns to fly. I love that scene. But the part where he crashes into the mountain and like half the mountain is destroyed, I'm like, oh, he could have just crashed through it. Like he could have just put a hole through the mountain. Yeah. Like <laughs> the whole mountain didn't have to fall down. It's <laughs> insane. It's a really good scene where he learns to fly. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's our DC corner. That's our DC shit. I remember I had a rant about DC like in our early episodes and someone didn't like that. And it's like, ah, whatever. I like DC. Um, to that listener, if you're still with us, I apologize. I don't. Um, I, I don't like DC either. <laughs> <laughs> but here I find myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you ready to get into X-Men? Let's get into some X-Men. Particularly right. some kind of a gala event. There's a fucking gala happening. So we are recording this on Wednesday the 17th happy st patrick's day listeners only the irish listeners um 
And yesterday, Entertainment Weekly gave us a fucking treat. And they released some of fucking uh, Dodderman's sketches for character designs for the upcoming Hellfire Gala. And they were fucking phenomenal. And just so you guys don't know, Russell Russell Dodderman's a fantastic He did basically all of the Jason Aaron Thor run. Yes. So all those great designs came from him. So sorry, continue. No, no, he's he's a fucking fantastic artist. Um, So... I did not I did not like Cyclopses and I did not really like Warrens, but I, I see the appeal to Angels. But I wasn't I didn't like it. I'm hoping, like you and I texted uh, yesterday, I'm hoping that like some of the the male characters also have as like elegant and, and extravagant as because they're mutant, mm-hmm. you know, like let's fucking do it up, you know. So I, I hope there's some cool male fashion. But for now, the ladies are fucking killing it, dude. Storm Where do you want to start? Storm. I'll start. Right. I'm looking at the pictures right now. So me too. First one is Storm, and I fucking love Storm's whole outfit. Love Instead it. of a cape, it's just a storm behind her. I love that, dude. I think that is fucking amazing. I love her like Bride of Frankenstein shit going on too with her hair. I fucking think that's amazing. Uh, and it like the the outfit too's got that like like call back to like her african heritage and like the the, the gold and jewelry and the you know the way it's yeah which was clean yeah Wakanda and everything too yeah. so yeah that's amazing i, I also want to say that um i spent at least a half hour last night <laughs> first i i texted all these photos to lady baltimore and then i spent a half hour talking her ear off about these photos <laughs> So you broke up, right? <laughs> and and I haven't heard from her since. Um, but yeah, so Kate's is Kate's is fun for me because what I love about Kate's is it's elegant and it's clear that she has some Emma influence there, but it's still messy as fuck, which is Kate Pride not having any fashion sense. Yeah. I also love that eye patch thing she has. I like that it can be written off as, oh, it's an eye patch because she's a pirate. But it's also... V- very reminiscent of um a mask that rachel summers used to wear and so i like that that kind of plays into the idea that those two you know are are in a relationship which i'm down with the brooch i noticed the brooch has like a bullet in the in the middle of it and i'm like i guess that's like a reference to that awful story um oh yeah yeah, the we didn't okay yeah yeah yeah. she was yeah. a hollow bullet for some reason. Yeah, I, I, that's got to be what that is. Um, Rachel's is 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 cool. It's um, it's a little controversial. It's it's it started some controversy on on the on on my Twitter at least. I don't know about yeah, anybody else. I've seen some stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely very dominatrix, which seems in in line with Rachel sometimes. Listen, I'll um, put it out there. She's doing a fashion of a costume she wore when she was a slave forced to hunt humans. That's a little weird. It's a little weird. I, 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 I'm with you and I'm with the person who was tweeting at me. The part, Especially because she has the hound lines on her face. If yeah. she didn't have that, I would be a little bit more like, it's whatever. It's, it's kind of like her costume. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But those lines are specifically something that come onto her face whenever she like without her permission generally. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm going to hope that they address that in some way. And has amazing baby on Uh, a hair leash. (laughs) Amazing baby on a hair leash, I think is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Right. (laughs) That, that just really turns it up to 11 jeans jeans is awesome i wish honestly drop the fucking cape and i wish that was just her superhero outfit now yeah you know what i mean like or fill in the back too she doesn't need to have her exposed back when she's out doing missions so fill in the exposed back drop the cape that's a fucking awesome outfit yeah but my favorite part of her outfit is that she's using her telekinesis to hold up her headpiece for the outfit (laughs) and that's fucking badass and then cyclops one has grown on me actually i didn't like oh, it at first glance but it's kind of growing on me okay it okay. kind of feels like that's what he'd wear if it's like cyclops 2099 like that era of books oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah the 2099 ones man what a what a time um so the next one i have here is let's see i have rogue up next rogue is good 
Rogue is fucking cool as shit here, man. I really love this callback to her 80s look. Um, I like the callback to the Jim Lee. Lacey, like the first date. I remember this too, man. The first date that Gambit and, and Rogue went on, like her outfit was like this like red lacy thing and he was all dressed up and shit. So I like that that's a callback to that. I'm not a big fan of, of her underboob situation, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even notice it until Jess pointed it out, actually. Honestly, time. I didn't notice it until Lady Baltimore pointed it out, too. Okay, so women... <laughs> that's, all right, that's great. Now we know. Women notice it right away, and guys are like, oh... Just- I did not see it, honestly. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. And then my favorite of the Emma outfits... Well, first of all, with the mentioned, Emma does not have just one costume. Yes. Ridiculous. She has three <laughs> that we know that we can see now in this pre I do like there'll be a big finale one yeah yeah i think she'll have more but my favorite is the one where she's in diamond form wearing a diamond dress yes i, I think that one is fucking bad i think like obviously it's it's sexy and cool but it's also like a baller fucking move yeah, man that one like, i think th- is the best that is fucking cool as shit to me um so those are my faves. What about you? Do you have any? I think we have similar. Yeah. I'm a little confused about Captain Britain's. Because oh, we have Captain I, Britain's? I yes. See. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So I'm confused because if she was still joined with the original Psylocke, because it looks like it has like Asian influence, a but now bit. she's her own, you know, white British woman, mm-hmm. and it feels like a Japanese design. Um. I can, I can see that too. In her early days, before she had merged with Kuanan, when she was still Betsy in the X-Men, she did wear something like that top that she mm-hmm. has on here, that like kind of puffy purple top. That is something she used to wear. But I, I see what you said. It's like the mini skirt aspect of it and like the tentacle like thing. It feels like a Japanese arms. pop star kind of. Yeah, I, I see that too. Um, it's got a de- honestly, it feels very wicked and divine to me, so I kind of yes, like it for that. True, yeah, I kind of like it for that. Um, Warren's here's something I didn't notice, but I saw somebody else post on Twitter, so I'm sorry if I, I don't remember who it was though. But Warren's is like the inverse of Betsy's, and I think that's really cool. Like, they have like or not they're exactly the same, like, they have the white outside, blue inside look going on. Oh, okay. I think that's pretty neat. Um, so the only person we didn't mention is, um, is Monet. Ed. Yeah. So Monet, kill like everything except the headpiece. Yeah, I mean, but you know, penance. Like I get it. It's a reference yeah. to her other form. Yeah. But um, like, it's all right. Yeah, I, I'm down with it. I think this is a cool outfit. I like the gloves. I like the like. I like that she's dressed like, un like pretty decently under the sheer dress you know what i mean like it's not yeah. like over like i like that none of these are like over the top fucking sex appeal you know what i mean like they could have easily gone like the dumb comic book route but yeah. they all are just like clearly like good fashion drawing thing you know what i mean like they're really good and i also, honestly like we're all okay i hope that this hellfire gala that marvel is clearly spending money to promote because they're in entertainment weekly yes um, I hope that this comic series, whatever it turns out to be, whether it's the one issue, whether it's throughout the thing. It has to be an event. I was going to mention it, yeah. Yeah. I hope it is literally just, it's mostly just gala shit. Like I, if if Marvel had the balls to do an event that was literally just a big gala for like 90% of it, I would fucking be so happy. So I'm actually the reverse. I hope this is low key like, a super important event all revolving around this gala like epic important shit like oh i think so no no i think that's what i think that's what's happening i think it's yeah i I definitely and that's what i'm saying like i i want there to be a lot of the gala but obviously there's going to be like a a big story that comes out of this and i'm excited for what that is but i am very excited for that planet x-men book now man (laughs) All right. Well, All right, let's jump into these reviews. Let's jump into what we're reading today. First up, we have Marauders number 18. Josh, take it away. Yes, I will. Um, so we return to Madripoor. Uh, now pause. 
because Madripoor is going to be used in um, Falcon Winter Soldier this week. What? Yeah, the Madripoor is a location they're using for apparently a lot of that six-part show. Okay. Um, this, they, they better not get away with this shit because Madripoor is only a mutant thing. Yeah. I have never seen Madripoor in any other fucking Marvel book. I'm sure it has been, but it is 90% an X-Men thing. Yeah, some people have some theories about that too. So yeah. Don't Which fucking WandaVision me. <laughs> worked out great for that. Yeah, don't fucking WandaVision me again, motherfuckers. Um, okay, so the, the book opens with Charles and, and Magneto. I don't know why I can't, don't call him Eric. Charles and Eric go into Madripoor. They've been summoned there by, by Emma. They don't really know why. They know that they know that Emma is basically buying out that evil, the evil Madripoor government and buying the, the love and support and, and honestly, like freedom of, of the people in Lowtown. They're there for the opening of a brand new free hospital that Emma names the Moira McTaggart Hospital. Yes, I have questions about this. But yeah, so do I. So she, she does that. They also unveil a statue. I like that they had like it, it takes them a minute because I there's one point where Eric asks Charles, he's like, why is Proteus here? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he's like, yeah, fucking notice. Uh oh, maybe because it's the naming of his his mother is being named <laughs> Um wait, right? Pro- yeah, Proteus is hers. Yeah, that's, that's song, yeah. yeah. Um also we still have Sebastian in a wheelchair silent in this in the picture, yes, also. Yes, so sad and great at the same time. So so, so funny. Um, but there's a scene where Emma says this was this was worth it just to see the reaction on air, their faces, meaning yeah. Charles. And, so, I mean, Emma is a fucking powerful telepath. Like, I'm, I'm going to guess know? she knows what's up and is just keeping it, it to herself because she can well, take advantage of that. I don't remember if she knows, if she even knew about Emma, uh, about what guess her name now? Moira. Moira. I don't know. Did she know about her before? Was she part of like those first meetings? I don't think so. I thought it was just Xavier and Magneto. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember because there was a whole montage and they went to all like the bigger mutants to talk to them. So I don't remember if Moira. Yeah, was... but not Moira. No, I have to go back and look at the book because I have. Yeah, I, I keep honestly, I keep wanting to reread that too. Yeah, um, we do, we definitely. Do I don't. I. <laughs> I don't recall that Emma knew, but. If she does, then that's hilarious. Yeah, she's fucking with everyone. Then yeah, <laughs> she's uh, she's I guess she's ready to reveal her cards. Um, maybe at the gala, she's gonna officially reveal some deep shit. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm very excited about that. And so the rest of the the rest of the issue is oh, one other thing I do want to talk about. So it there the, in the hospital, Callisto is bringing longtime Morlock mask in. And Mask is like, what am I doing here? What do you want from me? You want somebody's face messed up? What do you need? I, like last time we saw him, he was on his retirement home in, in Arizona. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have him come in because his power is to, you know, fuck with people's faces. Um, to fix a kid's cleft lip. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and yeah, he's and he's there. And like, he, like there's a moment where like he looks at his hands and like clearly it's the first time he's done something good with it. Yeah. And like and people have like hugged him and been thankful. You know what I mean? Like, and then he has these lined up the rest. He has no idea, but the doctor's like, okay, you ready for your next appointment? And he just works at the hospital. And I don't think he knew that was going to happen. So I appreciate that. It was a nice uh, moment. You can tell he's like, holy shit, I can do good. And like, yeah, it happy. was such a, and, and Callisto being the one to set that up, I think is so perfect. Cause she's still looking out for her Morlocks, you know? Um, so the rest of the book, focuses on the bidding war for low town between the marauders or the hellfire club actually um and the government whose name i can't i can't remember how to pronounce the the fucking evil children version of hellfire club that runs yeah, madripoor yeah. right now so emma has basically bought most of low town and is buying the love and support of its of its residents and it's causing issues for the government of Madripoor because they uh, are corrupt as fuck and aren't, aren't able to do what they want to do now. So to um, even the odds, the children unleash 
these fucking beast creatures that they put together, these these well, people that they've stitched together and yeah, turned into Ravengers, right? Hmm? The new Ravengers. Yes, they've turned them into the new yeah, was it the Ravengers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um that was, that was no, the group. Reavers. Re- sorry, Reavers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was an old group before that was run by the former leader of the Hellfire Club, the robot one, the cyborg yeah, yeah. one. God, what the fuck is his name now? He was in Logan. Yeah. Camera's name now. I can't but either. Fuck. They, they were the original version of just like half cyborg, half human. Exactly. Fight. Yeah. So they have, that's what they, they've created. And they've created these people or these cyborg creatures, these Reavers. Let's just call them Reavers. That's they fair. created the new Reavers at, from volunteers, I think, of um, people who were maimed by the X-Men in recent battles because they aren't allowed to kill humans anymore. Donald Pierce, by the way. Donald, Donald Pierce. God damn it. That's what it is. Um, so yeah. So like the guy, remember the guy that, that, uh, Iceman broke, like froze his arms and broke his arms off and the fucking, um, all, all the maiming basically like they all in the montage, we had the guy that Iceman broke his arm, but Mm -hmm. then we have like the one where, um, Gorgon cut a security guy's arm during Mm -hmm. that awesome X-Men issue. Yeah. Like they're using stuff like throughout the whole x-men line exactly so like they've been if you will of that yeah so this has basically been a a goal of theirs at this point like it's clearly from the beginning that they've been getting these people to do these experiments on and they've been targeting people who were maimed and, and injured by mutants to make it that much more uh that much more motivation so the X-Men are basically set up. The X, the Marauders, I mean, buy a bar. The next thing they buy is, is one of the bars in Lowtown. And before they can leave, they are ambushed by this, by this group. And the fighting obviously ensues. Ship blows up. Things go sideways, but the Marauders win for now and they get away. But the bigger story is that it was a setup. The news, a news crew was there and the story is being spun that the mutants attacked and caused all this damage and they're dangerous. And so with this in mind, Bishop sends like this cable to be saying, uh, yeah, got a problem here. <laughs> they made Reavers and I'm pretty sure that they have been planning this. So you might want to look into that, buddy. And then the book ends at the UN where Donald Pierce, I think it is. I was just looking at him. Yeah, I was like, oh, is that Donald? Say his name. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's Pierce. Um, he but he's about arms, which is what Pierce had. Yeah. So he's at he's at Madripoor. I guess we could look at the list of characters. Maybe he would be in there. Um, he's he's there representing Madripoor as as ambassador to the UN, saying that uh, Krakoa is a danger to Madripoor, and he petitions the UN to allow them to kick the Marauders out and, and set up. Well, a specifically, he pulls a nice, like, Tucker Carlson. He's not saying all mutants are bad, yes. but these Marauders are bad. Yes, he's specifically saying these pirates from Krakoa. He's not saying yeah. all mutants. Yes, exactly. He's pulling the doing, Tucker, man. Yeah, he's just doing political dancing. Not saying it, but basically saying it. And then but agree. it works. And the Marauders are banned from Madripoor. And now the government is basically going to lay waste to everything and everyone who lived there. And that's how the book ends. Um, there is no character page, by the oh, way. Oh, that's crazy. I'm looking through it. I, I skipped it. There's no... Oh, wait, no, there is. My, my bad. I found it. It's in the middle of the book, though. Yeah, they, they've been doing that lately. Yeah. Um, and his name, he's not even on it. So, yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess it's Donald Pierce. I think it is, yeah. Um. I it's a setup issue. Yeah, I gave it four X's though because honestly, I would have given it four X's if it ended at uh, Emma <laughs> pulling one over on on, <laughs> yeah. on Professor X and Magneto. I think that was really funny, and that was honestly worth four stars alone. It does feel like her saying "Got you, motherfuckers." Yeah, <laughs> it does. See, it does feel like Emma saying, "Listen, I'm taking over Madripoor. I'm also I, I'm gonna take over Krakoa too." <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's some kind of statement. It's a power move. It's a a fucking power move, and Emma is the best. Like, I feel like at that point, I felt like could this whole gala event 
be Emma's full announcement that the Hellfire Club have taken over Kokoa. It could like, be. I mean, it it's taking place on an island she owns, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, so like... It's weird. So there's that. All I, right. I give it four X's. I give yeah four X's is good. Like it's still honestly, a good issue, but it's a it's, it's a setup issue. It's a setup issue. Yeah, honestly, I like the first half better than the second half. Yeah, because I really especially like the scene with Callisto and, and Mask in the hospital. I thought that was very touching and, and very cool. I liked it. Anything with this new version of Pyro, I can't be mad at. Dude, this new version of Pyro, I like this Pyro. Yeah, he's fantastic. All right, next up we have X Force number seventeen. So much like the issue of wolverine we last reviewed i have the same opinion about this one where it's a good issue that isn't earned one thousand percent but it is funny i'll go over the ups and downs of this issue because it starts off with us seeing all the ways he's died on different missions um kid omega by the way yes quentin choir honestly and none of these we've seen yeah so, was, so which that's when i felt like um these seem really interesting how come i didn't see this shit right i know so like he's he's in a bath of acid he's fighting a cyber bear he's getting blown up he's been run over by a steamroller he was thrown into space at one point yeah through a portal into space shot up a bunch of spiders a sword through his, his face poisoned <laughs> poured into lava <laughs> thrown off a plane oh my god no he's going into the plane's engine yeah oh. <laughs> so he's the kenny of the group as we've seen before we have said that before yeah um so but the problem was because we saw all this i saw the ending coming a mile away oh 1000 percent. so the book goes with him going on a mission by himself to investigate a murder on a boat because they're saying they're being attacked by kakoa because they're too close to the shore so he goes to investigate, doesn't need anyone's help because he's cool, even though he's died every day. Um, and he gets there and goes, no, that's impossible. And then he's been killed. So I'm like, well, he's saying that's, not, that's impossible. And there's a pink light. I know who the killer is. Yes. <laughs> like, and also in this book that we've seen. Anyway, so yeah. then we cut to him being resurrected and becomes really a whole story about Kid Omega and one of the uh, the creepers. Phoebe? Yeah. I always forget her name, yeah. yeah. Um, Phoebe. And basically, it's her trying to help him discover what the fuck happened. And there's some good moments. I like the moment where he unlocks his own mind about stuff he hides from himself. Yes. I thought that was really good, actually. And Phoebe kind of saying, hey, you know what? I know the real you. I see the real you. You're not just some dumb, arrogant kid. There's more to you. So cut the shit, and let's figure out what's really going on. Yeah. So when they look at the victims from the boat, he can look in their mind and see they honestly think they were attacked by Colossus and Wolverine, but it doesn't match up properly. Mm -hmm. And um, when he goes inside his brain and kind of like lets himself feel and think, he accepts he accepts himself a little more and like gives himself a little more confidence after he has a little bit of a cry with Phoebe. <laughs> And to help his confidence, he meets up with a character we met in, I believe, Marauders, like a few issues ago, like a little before X of Swords. Yeah, Jumbo Carnation. <laughs> yes. And he's helping him find a new costume to help his new attitude and his new confidence. And we had a little costume montage. Some stuff we recognize, some we don't. Um, what made me kind of annoyed was he ends up picking the most plain one. <laughs> Yes, like, it's not a bad costume, but after you show me all these elaborate costumes, and then you show me just a simple one, it's 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 more yeah, I, I yes, it, it's not it's not the most extravagant of costumes, especially after you we just went through a whole gala of uh yeah. costumes. I do like that he makes his own glasses now with his that's outfit. pretty funny. Yeah, I like that too. I, I like that. So he has a new costume, and then he realizes, or he's actually sees the villain which is basically a Frankenstein version of him from uh, assumingly all the pieces of him that went missing when he died at different yep. times. Yep. Because they talk about a healer says this and that is missing from him every time they find his corpse. Yep. And yeah. of course, uh, the evil group, Z Zeno, right? Zeno, yeah. Uh, their mastermind behind this. And it just felt, yeah, no shit. They're the only main bad guy organization in this comic run. 
Yeah. Who make Frankenstein monsters. Yeah. So it's not like a major reveal when you find out who it is. No, it's not. Um no, yeah, it was it was it was a fine issue. <laughs> yeah, again, not bad. No. It's just I feel like there there could have been better ways to build towards it. I agree. But it was a good character book, which is not gonna be the only character book we have this week, which I kind of I do enjoy. Um, but it just kind of felt middle of the road, like it's pushing the story along and it helped advance one character. It did. My only fear is they could easily have another issue where he just reverts back to who he is. It's gonna it's a bigger challenge for a writer to now stop writing this character the way you've been writing him for 17 issues and now to write him as a more mature adult. I don't know if they can do that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to withhold judgment on this. I, this book has a way of kind of like not really making sense and like for like not connecting all the time. So I won't be surprised if fucking they just go back to what his old outfit and act like this never happened. Well, not his old outfit, but I feel like his attitude. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, I meant that too. I meant like the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I hope they don't do. I hope like characters go like, oh shit, this kid isn't acting like a brat anymore. Yeah. Like, he called he, he started calling himself adult omega. Yeah. Um, so I gave this issue two and a half, I'd say. Two I went with half, three. I went with three X's. All right. I don't I don't believe in halves. I do. It helps me. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about that issue. Right, Next cool. up, we have New Mutants number 16. Josh, oh, take it away. Actually, right. let me preface this by saying I I read it when I was kind of sleepy. Like, I, I finished this last night around maybe 12-ish. I'm getting okay. sleepy. But I do not like books that have four different fucking stories and you jump around. Like, I can't connect to one story because I'm jumping around. I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it doesn't really bother me in this one. Um, two stories work and then two don't. And I feel like that would have made me like go from like, oh, so, okay, let's get past this. So, oh, yeah. like the stuff with Wolf, I mean, um, Rain, the stuff with her. Lord. That could have just been the issue. That sh- Honestly, I hope she gets one of those character issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. She fucking like her stuff it. and the stuff with, um, uh, the uh, the black king not the black king why can't I say his name the oh shadow king shadow king sorry yeah the stuff those two stories I give a shit about I don't oh, give a shit about stuff with the with like going to other world and all I don't give a shit about that that's fair that's and fair I, it, it always pulled me out of the book every time we cut to that okay yeah so anyway all right so that's basically the review so let's go to the next <laughs> um no so the the New Mutant story starts off. We find out that kids, kids from Krakoa have been sneaking into Otherworld uh, to take selfies and just be mischief makers, you know, like fucking kids do. Um, and these particular kids, to open our book, sneak into Avalon, where they are confronted with King Jamie Braddock, who we all know is a crazy person. Yes. So two of the kids make it out, and one of the kids does not. And that's kind of the opening of that storyline. And then we move to the Shadow King storyline, which is the one that is still making me so nervous. Yes, it's going to have something terrible happen. I'm legitimately on edge every fucking time he's near these kids. It has a very foreboding tone of just like, oh, fuck, what's he going to, what's his real end game? What's he going to do with these kids? I'm happy one of them was smart enough. Yeah, but, Gab, or, yeah. What's Gabby, right? Yeah. Yeah, Honey Badger. Um, so the the kids who have been under his his spell are our friend Cosmer. We have Anol, Waterboy, No Girl, and Honey Badger. Right? Are those the only ones? Yeah. So those those are those are the kids who have fallen victim to Shadow King's fucking ways. And he plays a game with them this time. He, he plays off of um, Cosmer's desire to look normal, quote unquote normal. And he says, well, I can temporarily help you with that. And he uses his power and I guess he combines it with, with no girl's power, which, yeah, he does. Yeah, because it's that mutant magic shit. Yeah. Um, and he basically swaps 
their consciousnesses into different bodies. And so they all wake up in another one's body. And for a moment, they're doing this like, oh man, I'm really like walking a mile in your shoes type thing. You know, like they're really understanding how the other one feels and how it is to have this power. But things start going south pretty quickly when Anole starts withering. Somebody mentions that water boy's water smells funny. Um, they all start kind of like dying, honestly. Um, yeah, drains, and, basically. Yeah, and so they switch back. Um, Gabby is the one who notices after all this that no girl, as she says, brain jelly looks a little withered. Yeah. Um, so Gabby's like, no, man, I don't want to do this. You almost killed us, and and that's fucked up. And he tries to tell her, no, it's okay, because if we die, we can come back. And Gabby's like, no, bitch, I don't know if I can. I'm out of here. I don't know if the rules apply to that. So yeah, yeah so she takes off her street smart. She's from a cloning facility trained to be an assassin. Like she's yeah. seen more shit than those kids have. I feel like she can smell a bad guy, you know, when it's right in front of her. Yeah. And but so she's still, she's still a kid and she takes off and, you know, Shadow King still poisons their mind. The next storyline we have is we find, we find the kids who destroyed the, whatever the treehouse yeah um magic goes over there a bunch of uh bully kids who i I honestly don't know um and yeah magic just puts them in their place she so that wraps up that storyline we have what's the other storyline okay the next one is rain's storyline so let's cover rain's um the next story that we have in this is is rain goes to x factor she had put in a bunch of requests to find out what happened to Tyr. And um, they basically tell her that he's he's not in the resurrection protocol for because he's he's alive somewhere. Like he's still being backed up in the system. Like yeah. we don't know where he is, but he's being backed up. I think he's okay. Like, and she and she has a meltdown because her son is out there somewhere. She has no idea where. And also maybe he doesn't want to see her you know like and also they said like we don't we don't know if it has anything to do with him being part god yeah you know like does that have something to do with that mm. like does that have something to do with the whole back in the day with as guardians versus, versus x-men stuff like we don't yeah. know what it's happening so like that feeling of like i don't know where my son is now first mm. i thought i can bring him back now i don't even know where he is yeah it's just i i my heart breaks all like when New Mutant started, remember in this podcast when I was like, oh my God, Rain's so happy. My girl is like finally living a happy life. She finally gets to be happy. Now it's back to being fucking sad and it's breaking my heart all the fucking time. And so, yeah, she she runs away. She's still, you know, emotional. I love the way the art is when she's emotional. She's like half kind of turning into wolf a little bit, but holding herself together. And she goes back to the to the house because she's looking for Danny. And what are you doing? <laughs> she's looking for Danny. Listeners, he's eating and playing with his food like a fucking child. <laughs> yep. And she's looking for Danny because Danny was supposed to go with her to X Factor. And she wants to talk to her. She wants to be her, her best friend to talk to her. And Danny is gone right now because Danny and her girlfriend, um, Karma, are out there looking for this kid who's gone missing in Avalon, the the kid from the beginning of the book who met King Jamie. So they take off. Danny and Karma decide to to go into Avalon and and look for him. They have a pretty funny interaction with King Jamie where he's basically just calling them uncivilized and, and making fun of them. And they offer him a gift and then he gives them gifts in return, which is basically... These are the tools that will help you find the kid. Take, get away, go, go away, go do your shit. So Danny and her horse and, and karma, I can't remember the horse's name right now. And I, so I feel so bad. I meant to look it up. Something wind. Fuck. I don't remember. Um, so they are, they're making their way through, through other world, having very deep conversations because karma is, up until now has been kind of traumatized by her experience in other world and in that clash of the clash of swords, whatever the fuck it was called um, uh, battle. 
and they come across a white rabbit naturally and it leads them into the republic of fey where they are immediately fucking captured by merlin who wants nothing to do with these witch breed and he is sending them i think to be executed <laughs> and that's how the basically the book ends yeah <laughs> i was listening to everything i was also eating i know no he's, he was there he was paying attention it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm having potato and cabbage. Is and that what that, that was? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that meat thing. Anyway. So yeah, it was a it was a good book. I, I like it. I, I like what New Mutants is doing. I uh, I do care. I I am it. I am vested and interested in every one of the storylines for this book. I'm invested <clears throat> and interested in two of the four stories. <laughs> so rain and what was the other one? The stuff with Shadow King. Okay, yeah, yeah. like I yeah, care but about, I mean, I, and they could have done a lot with just those. Mm-hmm. Now, I, if this is all leading to a massive like arc about a bunch of new mutants trying to find Rain's son, that could be really cool. That would be awesome. I hope it does. Because I, I don't want her to stay a victim every issue. I, I hope I no. want something to happen where she's not that. And and I and I have to believe that when she does tell her friends that that will be the response because so far in this book, they have all been so there for each other. And so like, just, you know what I mean? Like just that family that they've built over all, all this time. And so I can't imagine a scenario in which she tells them, I think my son is still alive and I don't know where he is. And they're not like, well, guess what we're doing. (laughs) So I gave that three X's. I gave it four. So next up, we have sword number three. This was my most confused feeling for any of the issues so far. Dude, I had because no I thought it was really well done and good, but I also wasn't sure if I cared. I had no idea what was happening half this time. And I, kind of and because I... we jumped, and again, we made this complaint last issue, mm-hmm. where we first issue ended with the like, and we're gonna travel reality multiverse or whatever. Yeah. Then we jump into the King and Black stuff, which I am reading, I'm not up to date completely, but I'm reading King and Black, and I was still coughed hard. Then we go to this book where it's like the same situation from last issue is happening, but it's a totally different tone about one character from the ship the whole time. But after you get over being kind of jarring transition it's a good issue it is and that's where yeah i feel the same way like i had no idea what was happening but i enjoyed it which is what i i think is what i said about the first issue too and the second issue (laughs) i have no idea what's happening but i enjoyed it and that's also what i say every time i have sex now also (laughs) um I can say the same thing about this particular writer. He also writes the new Hulk book, which is a huge hit right now. Yeah. But I have the same feeling sometimes when I read an issue going, that was an awesome issue. Also, what the fuck is happening in this book? The <laughs> Hulk is going to hell now. There's a door to hell and his father's evil spirit is attacking him and trying to take over his body. What? <laughs> like, that, that what? Also, the Hulk maybe started the Big Bang by accident. Like, there's a lot of weird shit in that book, but it's also fan-fucking-tastic. That's crazy. So, yeah, there's a lot. I believe you based on my experiences with him here. Yeah. So, (laughs) this book Tell us about Sword. What was that? I just said, tell us about Sword. (laughs) Um, We see Manifold, or Eden. Now, with this character, I know him... I first saw him in Hickman's run of Avengers, so I don't know if Hickman made this character or if he was around before them, just wasn't used. But I knew I only know him from Hickman's run of Avengers. Yeah, I honestly I, I think maybe this could, I, I didn't read that. I don't I did not know who this character was. Yeah, I, I would like I'd be interested to see you read Hickman's run. It's absolutely fantastic, his Avengers run. It's epic and crazy. But you know, I don't care for the Avengers. <laughs> but it's really creative and good. It's Hickman. Um I know. But I do not care for the Avengers. But hey, there's a lot of stuff with Sam and uh, Bobby. All right. Yep. You're selling me. You're selling me. Captain America recruits them while they're on a nude beach. So just putting that out there. All right. Fuck it. I'm in. So I'm firing up Marvel Unlimited right now. We learn a lot about Eden as a person, as a character. Yeah. And how he likes to travel and 
how his powers it was really work. a point of view issue, which I really thought was unique in mm-hmm. the of this whole big event. And one thing I didn't fully jive with really was how he kept saying, I'm not a teleporter. I just bend space and time. Listen, you're a teleporter, right? Like from his definition, then Pixie isn't, uh, I mean, Blink isn't a teleporter then. Yeah. And uh, technically doesn't um, Nightcrawler go through a dimension to, to go different places. Like you're a teleporter, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I yes, I'm with you. You, you. You're teleporting. You're effectively teleporting. I understand that really what you're doing is is folding the universe closer to you and then you're there asking not telling (laughs) but also if you did that wouldn't everybody die reality should collapse on itself right right like so you're teleporting dude (laughs) so as he's traveling through different dimensions he stops in australia um in his home to talk to some of his family members and kind of like i kind of liked he's kind of trying to find his base He's trying to find like his, his the right state of mind before he does a lot of epic shit. Yeah, I think yeah, I like that part too that he was finding his center before he got lost. Kind of, yeah. And seeing that quiet moment of these two simple guys go up, oh, trust me, bad guys don't care about this place. Don't worry about us. We're fine, you know. Yeah. Do your thing and stay true to yourself. But I do there is a sorry good there is a part where one of them says something about like australia loving the x-men or something like that which i thought was fun a fun callback to the to the outback days of the x-men side note my girlfriend brought me more food okay snuck one single carrot (laughs) like in a plate of meat she put one carrot well you gotta have some veggies no i don't oh i'm gonna leave that carrot I, i found it um, so after this conversation, he did have a moment where he's like, they made me kill though. Like the Avengers and living that life before, like I had to do some bad shit. <laughs> like I like these little moments like that. Yeah. But after he finds his center and goes back out, he has these moments. Oh, now my girlfriend is bringing me some Baileys. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Slancha. Right back at you. So everyone, Nick just did a shot of Bailey's on the podcast, and now he's coughing. Um, really yeah. good. It, anyway, it's, ta- it's tasty. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jess. So, <laughs> intermission, drinking intermission. We find out that Manifold has to go talk to this reptile alien prince right i think he was yeah yeah from yeah he's one of uh, several heirs to a fucking kingdom that doesn't really exist anymore yeah but what i found really great about this little segment of the book he has to convince him hey you have no planet to protect but we can help you help us you help us fight this alien god you'll get i think he was giving the powers of certain mutants yeah, he yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's cool. He's trying to convince this guy to use his army, his whole fleet, to help defend Earth. But then he has a really weird, sick moment of like, he's like, why should I? That I have no, I have no gain of that. This guy helped destroy my competitors, my sister who had a planet, no longer is there anymore. Yeah. So why don't I let him destroy all the planets and I take the scraps? And the look on Manifold's face is kind of like disgust and shock. Uh-huh. Where, like, you can tell he wants to be like, fuck you, bro. You're insane. Yeah, he's, like, angry, you know? Where it's, like, I think it's almost, like, anger and shock that someone can be that cruel and that heartless. Yeah. And I, I like that moment a lot. I feel like it's going to come back to haunt that guy. Uh, it does. Oh, yeah, immediately. Sorry, I totally <laughs> forgot that for a second. <laughs> he immediately does <laughs> as he is killed. <laughs> so then he goes to the Alpha Flight space station. And discovers some uh, some secrets. He goes there to talk to Alpha Flight, and then sees one of their, I guess, commanders. Yeah, acting commander Alpha Flight, and finds out he's joined the secret combination of humans and Hydra and all those people we met back in House uh, Powers of X that are planning to have a defense of their own against mutants. All the people who made the ma- Master Mold and Mother Mold 
he sees that they have a plan to go yep. against them. Yep. After that, that's that's Gyrick, by the way. Gyrick? Got yeah, uh, Henry Gyrick. He's like, familiar. He's yeah, he's an old X Men character who. Yeah, I forgot him. So <clears throat> when Manifold is kind of spying on this conversation, he sees that there's a notepad or a file that he can look through. He opens a little tiny portal, which I really liked. Yeah. To put his hand through and take the folder and read it. And he's, and we also find out, well, I think, yeah, I think he didn't get to hear that there is a spy in. Yes, he, he left right before he said that. Yeah. So we also now know there's a spy, which honestly, the list of the potential spy is pretty big because like right? most of those guys aren't good guys originally. No. So it could really be like, five different characters we've met so far yo for real yeah so but they're basically saying like hey the heroes will handle this evil god shit and when it's over we need to handle the mutants essentially yeah so i thought that was a really 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 cool uh addition to the story that really didn't have anything to do with the king and black story until the very end yeah when manifold says what's going on with the crew goes to look for them through a cocoon gate and see they've all been tied up in a tree by symbiont cable yeah and that's how the issue ends which again is weird because there's a cable series happening where he does yeah. not like this not these books are not happening at the same time for sure <laughs> but i really something about this issue really worked it, because it was more personal and it's like a it's almost like a one shot like hey you don't know manifold you don't care about him this issue will make you care about yeah him. for real i know it was he very good so I gave it um four and a half X's. I gave it four. I think it, it was a, a good book. I, I'm I'm happy that it's stayed King and Black stuff and didn't just jump back to whatever it was doing before. You know what I mean? It was good. I liked it. Where we go next? Was that it? Nope. No, Our have... last book is yeah. Cable number eight. I say this for last because I loved every second of this book. This book is really good. Um, I don't know if we talked about it already. This book is ending soon. Mm. I don't remember what issue. I think in June it ends. I think, yeah, I think that might be right. Yeah. So this book opens up with Cable needing the help. Uh, well, last issue ended with Cable asking Domino for help. An yeah. old friend of the previous Cable, the old man Cable. And I really just love every second of this because it opens up with Domino talking about how her powers work. And then him going, is that why we're here? Oh, no, I just want to eat some food. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So while they're eating food, I believe in Japan, yeah. um, while they're eating food, Cable sees one of the priests that he killed, which is, I guess, also a clone of him, right? Yes. And when he sees him, he's just like, <laughs> he's just eating food. Or is he working there? I think he's working there. Yeah. Oh, also, also it's a gladiator. Theme. The Galador. Yeah, Galador. <laughs> Yeah, so that's fun, and he sees him just working there and chases after him, and then Domino just like, oh yeah, I'll be right there as she keeps eating. The art in this book is so phenomenal, man. Oh yeah, yeah, God love damn. the art, but also like, as Cable is chasing this guy, he's like, Domino, I'm pursuing him in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's yep. right. Be Copy. right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's, when it's the clone running away traps himself in a room. He's like, oh, fuck, I can't get in. Oh, yeah, I can. It's an eye scan. <laughs> yeah. And we're fucking clones. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he knew that at the moment or if he figured that out when he just opened his eye. Like, I, I think he just looked at it. Oh, man, I, I, it can be looked at either way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I think that's, I think that's when he put it together. But um, I could be wrong. Yeah. So then when he gets in the room, he sees this clone kind of boasting like, I'm not going to tell you what's going on because what Strife will do to me is going to be even fucking worse. Yeah. He presses a button and it's, I believe, 12 different clones, exact clones of Young Cable. Of of Kid Cable, yeah. Has a whole fight with them. Then Domino comes in the room and just shoots everyone. (laughs) First she finishes her sushi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Then shoots everyone. And he's like, incredible. You have the best luck. You knew it wasn't me. And he's like, no, I have one round left. And just keep shooting. Yeah. Gets him back up. And he's like, oh, also, I think I missed one. I used two bullets on one of them. 
<laughs> yeah, that was really funny. They yeah, went I, loved, I love the way Jerry Duggan writes Domino. Yeah. I, I really wish that she wasn't being written by Benjamin Percy and only being written by Jerry well, Duggan. I love how he writes both in this book and Marauders because they're all witty, but they all have different characters and different kinds of. Wit. Yes, exactly. It's it's not the same kind of humor. It's not the same kind of quip. They all are, you know, like Kid Cable's not funny. You know, he's not like yeah. he's like you the straight man. Situations. Yeah, he's and, just he's just dumb. He's just like he don't he stumbles into shit. Well, it's kind of like we we complain about and and an, um, X Factor how they all feel and sound the same. Like these characters sound the same but not exactly the same it's just it's, it's enough difference yeah that they have their own independent characters i really like that so yeah, me too. they chase after the last clone he turns around and shocks the water they're in and he's like i'm gonna win now and then <laughs> he's decapitated a meteor. By, by a meteor that was from the opening of the book when she was talking about luck yep and also it took me a second to look at the picture because like the way the picture is confusing me because I couldn't tell that that was the shoulder of Cable. I thought that was a face. And I'm like, wait, what's bleeding? Like, it was a confusing picture for me. For yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. But yeah, then the meteors randomly hits them and tears them apart. And I love the data page where it's like, hey, Beast, uh, you know, good news, bad news. <laughs> yeah. We need a cleanup here. Um, there's, a, there's a few dead clones. It's fine. Can you can you send some people just like acid it or something? <laughs> I thought that at some point she he doesn't write back and she's like, hello. Stand by. <laughs> X Factor's inbound. <laughs> I love that Beast doesn't take the time to like really text. It's just like real quick sentences. Yeah, that sounds like Beast. And then we end the issue with old cable going to this tower, going inside, and it's a trap, and he's thrown down a, a dark hole. And we don't know where it is, but someone's laughing at him. Probably Strife. Yeah, I'm assuming. And that was the end of the issue. And that was just a fun issue. There's just a really fun ride, as most of this book is. I give it four X's, but I enjoyed every second of it. Every page, I'm like excited to see what the fuck am I going to look at next when I turn the page. Yeah, I gave it four X's as well. I love the last, the last scene with Domino when they're just kind of sitting there after the sit being saved by the meteor and she's just like well uh i guess i'm taking off and she's like, <laughs> yeah and then she's like uh call me in a few years <laughs> well there was a time like in the earlier in the issue where he's like where domino's like listen before you were too old for me and now <laughs> you're too young yeah so don't even think about it yeah i, I love i love the call i like that she should call me in a few years then yeah so this whole stack of issues all felt very middle of the road. Nothing blew me away, but they're all solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all had they all had moments that were like very good. Um, but yeah, I, they're all overall just okay stories. Can you tell me what we're reading next, sir? I can. Uh, so our next books will be Wolverine number 10. Yeah. X-Men number 18. We're finally going to visit the fucking vault. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Hellions 10. Okay. Children of the Atom 1. Yes, I bought that last week, I think. And I was like, I haven't heard anyone say anything about this book yet. I haven't heard I, any buzz at all. I, I've, I've somehow missed it too. I wasn't on the internet that, or I wasn't on Twitter that day. And then our final, the final one I have here is X-Factor 8. All right. And that's what we're going to do. We're almost we're almost caught up. Now, as we're getting caught up, fans, you should always leave a review and a rating. Now we say no indecisiveness, no middle ground. You give us either fucking one star because you don't fucking like us, or you give us five stars because we're the fucking best. And some smart ass motherfucker decided to give us three stars and no comment. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it, you crafty motherfucker, because I went looking to see if we had new reviews, to see if we could give anyone a shout out. So leave us a review. We'll give you a shout out. Yeah. Um, Unless you're in a, a mind shaft and we just vaguely reference you and never give the full review you sent us. It was it was long and I didn't feel like I could give it justice. <laughs> um, but 
one of you motherfuckers, I have mad respect for what you did, <laughs> but you fucked it all up. <laughs> and now you've ruined it for everyone. <laughs> and I hope it was worth it. Because <laughs> now we're just shutting the podcast down. Yep. Last episode until next week. <laughs> until next week. You Emma Frost trolling motherfucker. You son of a bitch. So, but we also appreciate the review. We appreciate any interaction with you, awesome fan, on Twitter. 100%. On wherever you hunt us down. We appreciate it. Stop hanging out in front of my house. That's not cool. It's a little weird. I don't know you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not happening on my end. So that's cool. I mean, I have three people just staying, staying from my house. I assume they're fans, but they're always there when I come home. You might you might want to investigate that a little further. I'm not uh, sure they're fans. I give them a little show every once in a while, open the windows. Anywho, all right, so guys. Uh, if you want to keep hunting us down, where can they find you, Josh? You can find me on Twitter at xbrarian. That's it. Nick. Yeah, yeah. It's librarian with an X. Nick. You can find gonna... me on Twitter eating various pieces of meat as I look at Josh. <laughs> Honestly, I am recording this. I wonder if we can. There were... Anybody wants video content of Nick eating food, playing with his food, hit me up. DM me on Twitter and I will send you video. No, you got to charge for that shit. <laughs> oh, I will. I am not saying it's free. Um, you can find me at Madman3005. You can also find my new YouTube channel, hopefully officially done this weekend, um, at The MCU Guy on YouTube. Yeah, and I subscribed and you all should subscribe too. Yeah. I have one subscriber, guys. Even though I have no videos on there, I get it. But still, oh, I have me. one subscriber. That's me. <laughs> Yay. So until then, guys, we will see you next time, next time, next time.